from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, 3 o'clock hours here. Devon in the Finley Toyota Studios. Cofield, we got Thursday night football coming up. Good game. Vikes and Eagles. Last year was not a good game. I remember uh, I went over to uh, one of our favorite joints that we were at every once in a while for shows at Ellis Island in the front yard, and I had a friend in from – he actually lives in Texas, an uh, old uh, boss, but he's from Minnesota, a big Viking fan, and he had a big group of Viking fans. And by the time I got after the show over there, they were just getting – crushed absolutely crushed so hopefully it goes better this time around um you know a lot of times we go through the xavier pope spot on thursday it's a thousand miles an hour and we don't set up all the stories the way we should so i apologize for that um i squeezed a story in at the very end first of all who's juicy j i know i've heard his songs uh a member of three six mafia memphis legend oh, okay all right all right i actually i didn't know he was part of three six mafia so and the only thing i know about three six mafia what what the movie, whatever movie it was, was Hustle, it Hustle and, Flow? and Flow. Yeah, they won awesome, the Oscar. Awesome movie, and the and the song. Uh, what the hell was the song again? What was their main song in that hard movie? Hard to hear for a pimp. Yeah, it's hard out there for a pimp. It was great. Uh, so Juicy J had explained. He said, uh, "When I was like a kid, I was watching TV and I seen this basketball player named Len Bias, and they said he died on cocaine. When I seen that, it stuck in my head. It just felt like." Uh, cocaine would, you know, something I would never do. If I did it, then I would die. Um, and I've told the story many times. Uh, I have never done Yayo, and that's the reason, right? And I, you know, I'm joking five minutes ago, snorting rails. I have never because of Len Bias. I know that's the stupid reason not to do it, but like for me at the time, Len Bias was such a big figure. I was actually a follower for some reason of Maryland basketball for about six or seven years. And like I would record all the game, record all the games. I still have VCR tapes of Len Bias, like sitting in my garage, for no reason other than his, you know his tragic death. Well, I'm a hoarder as well, but uh, but he was like one of my favorite players. And then he goes in the top five in the draft, and he's dead three days later. It was it was crazy how shocking it was. And now you know I look back and I'm like, hey, that was that was a that was a cocaine era. You know their story. If you watch Cocaine Cowboys, the uh, it's a multi part documentary about how. Wild the cocaine trade was in Miami, and it helped build Miami. Like Miami was nothing like it is now, but it helped build Miami. And there was all the you know all the stories of the the crime and just freaking gang wars and shootouts at a mall where you just people are getting blown away. And uh, Griselda, the Godmother, it's a great documentary. But in that documentary, it also alleges that one of the main drug dealers, drug smugglers, is talking about. Super Bowls in Miami, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we sold to all the, all the guys on the Steelers." Oh yeah, and he's, you know, his claim was, "Hey, they're they're partying, you know, snorting snorting it up." Day before the game, all week they were jacked up. It's craziness. I gotta watch this documentary now. Total craziness. It's on Netflix, right? It is. Because I think I've passed by it, but it seems like too much of a hard watch. Of like, you gotta concentrate, and like, you can't just. I'm uh, gonna like cook dinner. You do, and we'll, but go upstairs it, and do some laundry. While no, you're, no, yeah, no. It's not that. like uh, it's not sit on your phone while you're watching it. Yeah, but exactly. it, you don't even want to because there's so much good stuff, and it moves quick because it's got all different perspectives. You know, it's the the Colombians and the people on the ground uh, selling uh, the smuggling part of it. Uh, you know, you got the dealers out front and all that, and and also snowfall. I don't know if you saw that one. Oh yeah, on right. FX. It's amazing because it talks about how crazy. 
the government was in terms of making money off of cocaine while Nancy Reagan is just say no to drugs. Uh, there's other elements in the government who are using cocaine sales to fund other things around the world. Um, that one is amazing. It's a whole crack cocaine, the communities that was in versus where cocaine was snorted heavily. And then, of course, the penalties for coke didn't match anything as compared to what happened with crack. So pull it all together. Um, there was a lot going on in the 80s, a lot. So I'm, I'm glad Juicy J got, you know, whenever he saw the, about Len Bias that it convinced him, don't do it. Just from my Juicy J knowledge, he would have been, what was that, 88 with Len Bias? Excuse me? He would have been like a young teen. It was 86, yeah. He passed away in 86, like like June 28th of 86, I think. Yeah, Juicy J would have been around like a good 12, 13. Okay. I was a little bit older. I was a little bit older. And, uh, and, and you know, a, a massive sports fan. And then, uh, you know, oddly enough, uh, one of my favorite songs now, because the SO, it's her specialty, the significant other, her specialty at karaoke is actually White Lines. If you've never heard the song, it's awesome. It has a lot of messages in it. It's okay. pretty good stuff. I know, I know I'm all over the place. Um, let's do the frenzy here at 3 o'clock, and it's going to be mostly football. Uh, we're heading towards some conversations towards the, uh, the end of the hour. We're going to bring in Michael Felder, our college football expert on a national level. And I also I, I want to get into a little uh, food talk. We, we do a, a UNLV Broadcaster Bites podcast, and we had quite the trip to Michigan where we graded the food. So that's coming up in a couple minutes. So... We really haven't talked about the A's in a while because nothing's happening on the baseball front. The other owners have to decide if they're going to let the A's come here with no relocation fee. If they want a relocation fee, I don't know what John Fisher does at that point. Like, we're tapped out. You're not getting any more money from us. But you know what? I I don't even say that confidently because who the hell knows? Maybe we would freaking, you know, grab the ankles and, and, you know, take it to the tune of another $200 million. I don't know. I don't know. But I saw a note the other day. And it's interesting because for us, it's a big story. For Oakland, it's a massive story. USA Today, Bob Nightingale writes in his notebook and about the sixth point down subhead, he writes, although Oakland or although the uh, Oakland A's will be moving to Las Vegas, the city may not be without a team for very long. Wait, what? I thought this was an uninhabitable baseball market now. That's what Bobby Manfred's been telling us. USA Today says high-ranking executives say that if Oakland officials and an ownership group secure a site to build a new ballpark, they will join Nashville as the top two expansion sites in the next five years. What? Genius. Stay! Stay! And I understand they don't want that owner. A lot of us don't want that owner either. And we've seen the I've we've seen multiple people write. Vegas is hot as a pistol. It's a juicy expansion market. Why would you give us the A's and then turn around and then give the A's an expansion team? We want an expansion team. That already worked for us. We'll embrace that. What is this? I don't think anyone, you know, it's uh, who says no? Who says yes to this? The fans in Oakland, I wouldn't be happy. Oh, you get rid of Fisher. Oh, well, no, I yeah. think I think the fans in Oakland, if they get. If All they, your A's gear, now you got to throw it away and, I don't know, the know bomb, the bombers. It's gotten so bad with them and the ownership group. They've been dissed so badly 
then I think they'll be open to it. Like, yep, we love baseball. We will join a new team. Sorry the A's are going, but screw those guys who own it. But I, but our end of the deal, it's like, wait a second. So we're going to get this team that's going to come limping in here, and John Fisher did two interviews, one in the Bay Area and one with our local paper about three weeks ago, and he like he was already crying poor. Wait, they're going to get an expansion team? No, we want an expansion team. This is bizarre. Baseball is so weird, and I, I've warned everyone, <laughs> you're buying into a really weird, weird sport. Um, speaking of, well, I'll say it this way. When the A's started pitching Vegas, well, one, they took a tack that I think a lot of commissioners and then major league sports owners take, which is fans are mostly stupid. Now, I don't agree with that. They're like, oh, they'll get over it. They don't know. We'll just, you know, word salad. We'll convince them. We're not stupid. Okay? And... While Oakland, the fans, I think, have made a mistake in pointing their fingers down at us and being mad at us, like those of us on the ground here, most of the fans, this is not what we asked for. Uh, But the other part of it is, well, they're green. They don't understand. And I've said a million times, first of all, people here in Vegas who were born here are very savvy. They, They are. Because if you're not, then you're going to get fleeced and destroyed by all the vices here and have to leave. I'm not saying everyone's smart, but mo- you know, most people are pretty savvy. The other part of the population are all transplants. We all come from, most of us, come from somewhere where there's big-time sports. Whether It could be a small market where it, college football is king or college basketball is king. But a lot of us come from pro sports markets. We know sports. We're not idiots. So when you talk down to us and push back against the obvious, it's really freaking insulting. And it drives me over the edge. And, and, you know, maybe this is not applicable, but I saw this story from, I'll call it Cardinals camp. The season has started. Headline, Jonathan Gannon roasted over blunt request for Cardinal fans. We're talking about the Arizona Cardinals. First of all, I, I got an issue with this guy. I Because he's low energy? He's low energy. And I got to tell you, he might... He, I think he believes he's a lot smarter than the fans, and he doesn't realize, and someone needs to tell him, you come off as a doofus. You do. And maybe I should hold back that opinion, but my guess is if I got a chance to speak to him face-to-face for five minutes, my read would be, one, this guy thinks I'm stupid. He's not as sharp as he thinks he is, which, I, by the way, and maybe, maybe this is a me problem, I have that reaction a lot of times when I talk to people. But Steve, guess where he's coming? You got to think about where he's coming from. Nick Sirianni, we all thought that about him when we first the first impression of him. No, Sirianni, my first impression of Sirianni was he was really nervous. Oh. And he he did get a little bit arrogant last year, but he's kind of he does have kind of like a Philly, you know, arrogance like what? 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 Like that pushback. This guy though, he doesn't have the same look. He's quoted the other day at a press conference about the home opener. It's against the Giants. He goes, can't wait. I want it to be loud when we're on defense and quiet when we're on offense. Okay, one, I don't even know how many people are going to go to the games right now because you're clearly tanking with Josh Dobbs as a quarterback. Like, do you have to tell Arizona Cardinal fans 
be loud on defense, be quiet on offense. Like, they've had the NFL there for a while. And I know they're not the most highly respected fans, but the ones who are left who go, go! They've been there! I got to watch this whole thing because I feel like I'm taking it out of context because he can't, he can't seriously be speaking to a group of media which is then passing on the message to the fans like, hey, fans, this is how you behave at football games. Like, what? He also went on to say, like, spread the word after he said that. Yeah, okay, that, exactly. Yeah. Okay, good. So, that's, that, so uh, that part of the uh, context was missing because he must know yeah. the vibes are not good right now. Yeah, so it was um, – yeah, quiet on offense, makes some noise on defense. Yeah, so spread the word is uh, how he finished. <laughs> coming up, we got to get to a very smart guy in the NFL, so smart that he was stealing signals. I like that. And maybe that plays into uh, tonight's tilt. And uh, we have a little more Bills drama involving Stephon Diggs. Maybe not his fault, but uh, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit of the uh, vittles on these road trips that I go on. And uh, I eat a lot here. I eat out a lot here. I'm a slob. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 All right, moving towards the halfway point of the show. If you're like, what? You guys start at 3 o'clock. No, 2 o'clock on Thursdays, 2 o'clock on Mondays. We're heading towards the Eagles and the Vikings. So you know on the show we love food. We love talking about food. Mm, Some of us like making food. We still haven't found out if uh, Damon is uh, chef-worthy, but we have a lot of contributors who are, and JVT thinks pretty highly of himself in the kitchen. But, you know, when I get a chance to go on the road, uh, going and finding good eats in these different cities, and I get to do it working with UNLV men's basketball and football, I think it's something to take advantage of, right? You're going on the road, why not? You got a little free time, put a little effort into it, you know, the king of all this stuff, going out there and uh, getting good eats, is actually a UNLV guy in Guy Fieri. So, during the football season, we do something called uh, UNLV Broadcaster Bites. You can find the podcast up on social media. We tweet it out. It's on the uh, Learfield Podcast Network. And the trip to Michigan was interesting, Damon. One, we got in a little bit late, so I think everyone kind of freaked out. I got rushed last week, and I didn't get to organize it. I'm very intense about this. I want to hit legendary spots and do our own you know, Triple D and get a taste of the area. And, man, I wasn't organized. I failed the whole crew. So Caleb Herring and, and Nick Murphy, <laughs> I, I, I feel guilty about it. We did uh, – usually it's about 20 minutes we do the podcast, recapping and then looking ahead. Um. We did like 37 minutes because so much of it was me griping. Shocker, me griping. Uh, me griping about the lack of organization beforehand. So I'm not going to say who picked this place, but we went to a place called Haymaker. It was a upscale bar, which they can be really good, but sometimes it can be a little bit shaky because bartenders are very concerned with you know making the, the fancy drinks, maybe not paying attention to, as can much as they should. Can I take a guess as to who picked this place? Uh, no, no, we will not. We will not accuse someone. Um, maybe, maybe we can later. Um, but then the other thing is, we walked up, and 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 this is where I failed. We walked up, and we're in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's a college town. It's a good sized town. There's dozens of places to eat. We walk up, and it's like nine fifteen. Kitchen closed at ten tonight. Sorry, and and in a lot of those cases, I'm like, nope. 
I'm out. Because I, I assume they're going to make the food fresh, but they could also be like, what the? Really? So we started off this part of the conversation on the podcast, and I mentioned what I got. I got the Reuben because it seemed like one of their traditional items, and it was solid, not spectacular. I'm not going to complain about it. We did have an issue that we, we, we need some audience feedback on. I'll say, Haymaker, my, my rankings were um, – the Reuben was a 66.5, which is, is it's it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like the service. I, I know the bartenders were clean. There were three bartenders, and they're cleaning up, and they're kind of prepping. But the bar wasn't closing in general yeah. at uh, whatever it was, uh, 10 o'clock. It was the kitchen. Yeah. Um, so I didn't love that, like, come on, let's go. Like, like you probably, I probably would have had five beers. I had two because, like, I couldn't get their attention. And then I'll give the beer selection. That was one of the highest numbers. I'll give the beer selection a 78.7. The service was a 53.2. I don't know. You didn't seem that thrilled with your wings. So I wonder what the scores are here. I was not. The scores for me. So the wings, I got got the boneless because the picture looked good. They lied. Again, they came out and there was almost like a fish battery kind of fry to them, which I don't like. I like the crisp, like true chicken crispiness, like the double fried, if you will on the chicken boneless or bone in i you have to have the crispiness and i think some buffalo wings get it right it's very hard to have wet but crunchy and people that are wing experts know what i mean by that Um, but they did not have it they didn't master it the flavor wasn't even spicy enough it it didn't have enough Uh, kick to it it was just kind of there and it it, you know it wasn't bad like if you're hungry whatever maybe you had a couple drinks in you it was good but i gave them a 60 uh, point one. I gave them a point one. I didn't want to do the true 60, but I guess 60.1 for the wings. I also had loaded tops, like you mentioned. Um, for me, and this is not just because we go there every Wednesday. It's not because it's local, but Parkway Tavern has set the standard for loaded tots. The crunchy, the the flavor bomb, like it's all there. Like I get what I pay for when I get loaded tots at Parkway Tavern. Shout out to Parkway Tavern, 250 Flamingo for the coaches show. If you want to come, try them yourself. They're great. Crispiness was there. These ones, however, at Haymaker, not so great. Uh, I gave them a 65 just because I like loaded tots and I, I, they have a soft spot in my heart. But I gave them a 65 on a scale. The service, I gave a straight 44. And you have your Ooh. reasons because they were they were like slow about getting you the drinks. And I agree with that. I watched like they like how it looked like a chore for them to get. And it's not like the bar was jumping. It's not like there was. You know, like we, again, we're there. Vegas, so you're we're, yeah. beer. Come on. We're from Vegas and we like we've seen jumping oh. bars where it's like surface is like boom, boom, boom. And we've seen it wasn't that it was like casually going by doing whatever you're doing. That's what you saw. What I noted immediately was that the initial server that took our order, she took my order, which is a simple enough order, boneless wings right. and loaded tots, right? Two items. Then when Nick went to give his order, she's like, wait, I need to go write this down. Like. I've been at good service spots where it's like a waiter can take your order like five deep and like not pull out a pen and paper and go back and like type it into the computer. Easy peasy. It took like five minutes to transition from taking my order to inputting it in to getting the receipts and getting the kitchen to order it. So I think the uh, bartender server had issues with the computer. So Caleb is right, though. She would take the order from one person. There were three of us. Go type it in. It was probably three minutes for each of us. Come back and forth. Um, so one of the things we set up, these uh, Nick Murphy is the engineer on the football broadcast. Caleb Herring, of course, uh, is the analyst and played quarterback at UNLV. Um, 
they're real big on one of their themes is, hey, we're going to get wings at, at, in every town we go to. But I actually launched into an attack. Uh, this is a, a, about a 35-minute uh, podcast this week, Broadcaster Bites. I launched into an attack on Nick because he's like over-chickening it now. And I love chicken, and big chicken has affected my life. I'm a lunatic now. You know what big chicken is, right? They, they yeah. came five years ago. They were like, hey, we're going to s- systematically get people hooked on chicken to the point where we can price it like caviar. Uh, and chicken sandwiches are going to go through the roof. And there's so many places that have chicken sandwiches. But now Nick has been affected by big chicken because, you, like, you, we're going to get chicken wings. And then he's like, oh, I'll get the chicken fingers. Like, no, order something else. And by the way, Nick showed up yesterday at the coach's show. And first thing he said to me, he's like, you're an a-hole. Basically, like, oh. don't, don't attack me. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm just being honest. You got to order something more exotic. Let's try some stuff. The other thing is, enough with the loaded tots. They both got loaded tots. Oh, so they're I'm just getting the same order. We don't, we don't all have to share the food. But, like, I like loaded tots. And, and, and you know, that said, though, I've also – who uh, someone got on us. It must have been JBT. Over at Silver 7s, I went to a meal with the GM there, and I got chicken fingers, and JBT was like, what are you, 12? So there's, like, an As argument there with the chicken fingers that it's like a, it's like a infantile order. So. What's the next away game? I want to make a trip with you guys. I'll buy my own ticket. Oh. Just to be for, just for the we, bites and make an appearance on the podcast. We, well, <laughs> what you can do is for for the home games, like we're gonna look, uh, after a home game and they're they're gonna go on the road. We're gonna look ahead to the road, but I, we're also gonna talk about some food we got locally. So yeah, jump on, jump on with a highlight of the last couple of weeks because actually that was part of it. I talked about a meal I had gotten this week that was very I, I mentioned it on air yesterday. Um, but yeah, we do this every week. It's up on the uh, Varsity podcast page for. Learfield, I got to play one last thing here because I'm also, and this is why I am chubby, you know, bordering on obese. Uh, I'm also very concerned about the food I'm going to have going out on the trip and coming back. And after a long football day, right, you get on a plane and then you're freaking locked in. And if you don't have anything to eat, sometimes there's extra food there. I don't take it from the football players. They give the players food. So a lot of times I'm like, eh, you know, I, I don't know what the count is, right? So... They gave the players food uh, right outside the locker room. Well, we were wrapping up. We had a like, kind of a big wrap up upstairs, and then we have a we have a car as you know that we can drive back to the airport. They have a bus, and so we didn't get to grab food. So I actually I thought about that ahead of time, and then there in the media room there were pizzas sitting there like boxes of pizza, and I was a complete jerk. Instead of just grabbing a slice to eat, I was like, I'm taking a whole pie. So I ran out of that box with a pie, and I was, and I was like, I'm gonna have something on the plane because I don't know what's gonna happen. Well, there is a guy who is aggro, and that is Russ Langer, the play-by-play guy. Listen to uh, what he did because he wanted something on that plane, and he got it. I'll give credit to uh, Rustifer. He got in Russ there. Russ Langer. He, he went to Hunky Cooper, who's in charge of, like, everything in the football program, and he's like, hey, you got another one of those uh, pizza house? You, got, you got, a, got another one? You got a box? Russ walks on with the box. We're at the back row of the plane, and – Russ opens it, and it was it was like Christmas morning. Yeah, I thought it was going to be because it's a Chicago place, kind of specializes in Chicago. It was a plastic takeout box inside a thick pizza, pizza box. box. Yeah, and it was spaghetti and meatballs, giant meatballs. Like looked like legit Mamma Mia spaghetti. Like I don't, I'm not a spaghetti expert, but it looked good and it smelled good. It smelled the part. Russ on showed the back it to of that me. Plane. He showed it to me because I was watching. I was like, oh, spaghetti and meatballs. And then I'm like, wait, <laughs> eating spaghetti and meatballs on a plane when you're cramped is pretty tough. 
You yeah. know what? It never became an issue for me. No. Because Russ ate all of it. <laughs> <laughs> he demolished it. It was like, it was so great. It. And like, I, actually, I don't even think we took off yet and it was oh, gone. I was like, he, what? The? He um he showed me garlic bread and without like I don't even think he offered, but he opened it and I was like, Yep, I'll take one of those. And then I'm like, oh man, I'm like, do I want this leftover spaghetti after he goes through it? I never had the opportunity because he freaking Come smoked on. that thing. I was ready to go. 101 Dalmatians and like suck the <laughs> spaghetti, you know, string uh, up to each other, not touch lips, but eat it. Uh, that could have been the highest rated moment all year on Broadcaster <laughs> Bites. But now Russ was, he was hungry and he wanted spaghetti and meatballs. That was it. Russ Langer, skinniest guy that I work around and uh, just a voracious appetite. And he, he destroyed like three giant meatballs and all the spaghetti. He never looked up. I was so proud of him. Man. With, with, Spaghetti and meatballs on on a plane in the last row of the plane without the seats that recline. He's is a machine like. But was that the one place that we were looking at um, last week? It was. Week? It was. It was because that was the team food. So we get an itinerary, and I was like, oh, I guarantee a Chicago deep dish pizza, which I don't like. So I didn't mind, and I didn't ask for it. And I actually made a misstatement there. Um, it wasn't Russ walking on with a box. Hunky walked to the back of the plane. He's like, here you go. Wow. He's got sway. He's got a lot of sway. Hand delivered. Yep. And, you know, when someone does that, you do have to eat all of it. Like, if I were Hunky, I would have come back and checked and been like, did you eat it all? <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a doting father. You're not going to grow up to be big and strong unless you eat the whole thing. And Russ is like, yep, okay. Just shoveled it down. Is it the fastest you've ever seen him eat? I, I never looked up. I actually, I told you, I brought, I brought a pizza from the media mm-hmm. center, and I used it as a footrest. I wasn't stepping on the pizza, but on the box, I, I had a slice, and I'm like, I'm bringing this home. I still have a slice at home. You're not going to eat that. It's, it's in Tupperware. You heat it up, it kills everything. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Raiders on the road for a second straight week to open the season. In West Virginia right now, camping. Not literally camping, but doing a football camp there, and then they'll go north to Buffalo. So we'll have the Raiders side of things in the 4 o'clock hour. And a lot tomorrow, but the 4 o'clock hour, former Raider Stanford Route is going to join us. We'll have a Bills guest tomorrow as well. It'll be a Bills expert Tomorrow, but there's a weird story developing with Stefan Diggs involving a media member, but there's some nuance here because it involves the Bills in-house reporter. So can you read to me what, and this has already taken like three steps, what Diggs said about someone who was dissing him, and I think he makes some overarching statements here and points the finger of blame at kind of in general, which I don't think is applicable. You know when you see one tweet and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll read that tweet. There are four tweets. He had to get a lot off his chest. The audio shared was very hurtful and was insulting to my character and to how I was raised. I've always treated people how I want to be treated. I greet everyone with smiles and respect. From the people in our cafe to the people that keep our building clean and in order. The media or fans may confuse my competitiveness that they witness on the field as who I am as a person, but off the field... I never treat anyone how she described and have never said anything remotely close to that to her. Wow. He keeps going. So I'll just jump in. <laughs> no, he's, he's, at, at issue here is 
Um, on a hot mic in the media room, the team reporter is caught saying basically that Stefan Diggs has been a jerk to her and he's a jerk to everybody. But keep going on Stefan's end. I don't know why it was said, but this is an example of why people don't want to deal with the media. It's hard to fight the preconceived notions people have about you, regardless of ever having a personal experience with them. Well, I, I think it's easier now than ever to fight the preconceived notions because you actually are your own media arm with social media. Um, I will also push back and say it's not all the media. It's one person. So don't blame all of us for a problem with this one person. We get you all have a job, and I respect it. But please remember, I'm a human just like you. Huh. And if wow. I ever made you or anyone else feel like you can't approach me, I apologize. Okay. That's a decent apology. Now, words are one thing. Will action match this moving forward? Because what she said on a hot mic, and I want to get her name. Do you have the name in front of you? Maddie. Yeah, Maddie Glab. There we go. Thank you. G-L-A-B. Bill's team reporter. You know all the teams have a staff uh, of a reporter or several. Who's the Raiders? Uh, Levi Edwards. Okay. I couldn't imagine Levi putting himself in a situation like this. Well, you know, this is – you never – you should know when there's open mics. If you're in a media room before or after a media session, the mics could be open, still recording. So, she lit into him and was kind of laughing – as she was doing it and basically described a scenario where, hey, Stefan Diggs isn't very nice at oftentimes, if that's English. Uh, anyway, she said, quote, there's no control over Stefan Diggs. Dude's going to do what he wants to do. He'll look in my, face and, uh, in my face and say, F you. That's how he treats everybody. So the how he treats everybody is kind of interesting. She is a team employee, so maybe she's in, she's been witness to situations where, and we're not just talking about Bill's, you know, team media that because Stefan Diggs made sure to mention, you know, people in the cafeteria and other people in the building. So there's a truth here. Maybe it's in between. But this lady claims that he's a jerk. And honestly, I, I don't know how it works in the NFL. I think if you had a situation, say, here at Lotus Broadcasting, go public like this, it would be an HR issue. But do NFL players get called in HR meetings? I'm sure someone could talk to a star player and say, oh, in, in which situation would, like, hey, she needs to do, like, a team story on him and he just blew her off? I'm sure someone would be able to be like, hey, no, Maddie needs, like, 10 minutes of your time. It's not, you know, just, just be nice. Play nice. But what if, it, if this does go to HR, what, like, what kind of power does that department have when one person is the Bills team reporter and the other person makes $19 million a year? And is one of the five most important guys in the organization on the field. I don't know how this process plays out. So I don't know who to believe in this. Maybe she was just crap talking. Uh, but he seen, he took it really personally. It hurts, doesn't it? When when you when someone says, "Hey, you're a jerk," consistently, it can hurt. Yes, I I do think that maybe his feelings should be hurt, but I don't think she should apologize for it. She did apologize. Why do you think she apologized? Because her job. Because she was told to. She's a teacher. She knows. Like, she you don't works think, for the Bills. You don't think she should apologize? No. Maybe maybe in the apology just say, hey, my bad, that shouldn't have gotten out. But I stand by what I said. She, well, didn't, she didn't say that. No, she did not say that. No, 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 no. 
Yeah, she wants to. I want to take ownership for what I said today. I am very sorry for what I said and meant no ill will. I respect the hell out of Stephon Diggs, and he's been one of my favorite players to cover. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? It's not what you said on a hot yeah, mic. Said he's been a jerk to you. Has said f you, and basically no one controls him. Boy, that's a weird one. Yeah, we need more on this. It, she goes. She, it's a long apology. Yeah. Well, guess what? NFL can be like every other workplace, right? Aren't these issues that we have oh, yeah. at other workplaces? Not here. We're a copacetic group. Harmonious. It's all good. Yeah, nothing. But although I here. will point out, uh, it's harmonious, but there are people here who care more about the station group than Demon. Um, and there are people here who are just trying to keep everything on the air. So don't touch anything, Demon. Try not to. <laughs> See what I mean, though? It can happen. Man, I'm reading this apology. Too much? No, yeah, she, yeah, now she's going into too much detail. I, just say I'm sorry. Or stand by it. Yeah. That, that, that's the better thing. I don't need the context of how you're, you probably were just playing around. But no, 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 no. Give me, I want to take it at face value. I don't. I did. Uh, Facts I, don't matter. I did like the point by Stefan Diggs that, to say, hey, just because I'm brash. And he didn't say this exactly, but just because I have a, a public persona on the field, I'm aggressive, I'm brash, doesn't mean that's what I'm like off the field. So people shouldn't be confused. Some people are like that. They're you know, like in radio, some people on the air are identical to what they are on air and off air. I want to read this last line from the statement from yeah, the apology. Do it. Steph is not in the wrong. I am. Oh, come on. Have some pride. You can get another job. <laughs> she can get another job. Call in some favors. There's probably people around the league who are like, yeah, she was kind of right about Diggs. Maybe Minnesota Matt. would hire her just because. Right? Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we know what he's like. You're hired. Thank you for saying what needed to be said. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be on the road. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar at Treasure Island. Come on down. They got the uh, fish and chip special. You got 55-plus TVs. You got the betting windows. Right there, we got some good Friday night action in uh, football and in Major League Baseball down the stretch here. We go 3-6, to six, live show 3-6, to six, and then the station is back the next day. Throw the flag with uh, Chris Chapman from over on Fox Sports 1340 and 98.9 FM, and then from Raider Nation Radio, Lindsey Brown, and they do an ESPN Las Vegas show. See, we're harmonious. Like, we all cooperate. We all work together. Uh, that show goes 9A to 11A on Saturday morning. The spot to watch football. All season long, Treasure Island inside the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. Weekly college football spot, we bring in Michael Felder. Uh, let's look back. Crazy story to set up this week's game, and that is Michigan State. And I know it's close to you because I, I think your wife went there, right? So I, I actually I want, I want what her perspective is. Because these are always challenging moments for fans. Disgusted. Like, not like not even, like, I don't even have to hesitate to say it. Disgusted. And it's a place that she was, like, super, she's so proud that she went there. And she's so proud of, like, what it means to her. And, like, her cousin played football there. And she's super proud of that football program that's been to the playoff and all these things. And so when something like this comes up, it's disgusted. It's like, she's disgusted. Obviously, the Larry Nasser thing, she's disgusted by that. And the fact that she was really appalled that it took this many, like it took from December to now to have this happen. So that makes her question, like, are they hiding something? What are they doing? Why are they, are they trying to find a way around it to keep him? And 
that's the part that she really is frustrated by. And then um, I kind of explained to her who Brenda Tracy, what she's been through. Cause she used to, when I used to do the elite 11, she used to come and talk to the guys at the elite 11 and really talk about uh, personal responsibility and talk about respect and talk about boundaries and all those things. And like, I've sat in me- those meetings where, where she was and like, it's, to have that, like, it just, it's, it's not okay for any victim, but the idea that he brings her in to talk to his team about respect, boundaries, understanding, and all those things. And then he does that. That really lets you know that like, this is, it's, it's really, it's gross. It's absolutely disgusting. On the football side of things, how do players get off the deck after something like this? And then they've got Washington coming in. It's a big game and the Huskies are playing awesome football. I th- I'm sure there's a gang of guys on that team. They're like, glad he's gone. And then there's other guys who are like, man, he was kind of my lifeline. Guys that he pulled out of the portal, other guys that he gave an opportunity to play. So there's going to be a mixed bag. But at the end of the day, uh, Harlan Barnett's going to be your interim head coach. And Harlan's a really good football coach. And he's someone you're going to have to rally behind. So we'll see how they work and how this – like, I don't think this ref- – I'm I'm hoping this isn't indicative or reflexive of the players. I think this is – I hope this is just an isolated Mel Tucker problem. And so these guys are going to be able to go out and, 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 and do their thing. Now, let me tell you something. I don't think there's an office in the country that is rocking the way that Washington is. Okay. To kick it, to kick it back to football. I don't listen. Nothing could have happened at Michigan state over the last week and change. And I think they still would have get their brain. They still going to get their, would have got their brains beat in by, by Washington. Washington does not play Michael Penix jr. Oh my goodness. Come on. For me, he's number two. He's number two in the Heisman for me, right behind Caleb Williams. The Pac-12, man, goodness gracious, conference of quarterbacks. These dudes can ball, and I, I really love watching them play. And it's it's obviously we know about the two guys that both had a thousand yards a year ago, a year ago at wide receiver. But we're watching Jake Westover make plays. Their tight end position is coming alive. Like this is okay, man. If you want to try it, try it. And this is not going to be easy for them. So I'm looking forward to watching that ball game uh, from a football standpoint. And then from a Michigan State standpoint, again, like just to speak from as someone who, who lives in a house that truly is like, you know, like a diehard Spartan. Like it's, she's just she's disgusting. Michael Felder, our college football expert on Cofield and Company, ESPN, Las Vegas. Uh, sign up for his weekly column, his newsletters at it's Felder at Substack.com. All right. Another week at Dion. You got Colorado State this time around. Jay Norvell, the coach of CSU, trying to take shots at him, basically calling him uh, kind of unprofessional, immature, mentioning a hat and glasses. I don't think his CSU is equipped to uh, keep up in this race. So, and now there's extra motivation. I mean, Dion already has, he, he's got storylines galore for yep. all these games. I, I think they're going to wipe him out. Yeah, I think so too. And listen, man, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to say this. I have been an advocate for changing this idea of a dress code across the board in college sports. Like I, I don't, Dion is a man that is coaching kids that run around in short pants that don't even touch their <laughs> knees. And their their main goal is to try to hit each other as hard as possible. If he wants to wear hater blockers and a hat, let's go. I'm all in for it. You know what I'm really looking forward to, Cofield? Honestly, I'm looking forward to watching him when we get to mid to, to late October to November. What gear is Nike going to give this man yeah. for him to shine on the sidelines? This guy might come out in a fur coat. Like I don't know what's going to happen. So. I love it. I, I really do. I've, I've, I've done a full, like a 180 on Dion. Like this is one of those things that I wasn't sure if it was going to work. I wasn't sure how long it was going to take to work. And ultimately at the end of the day, it's worked pretty quickly. And listen, I know Nebraska's not good offensively. They've scored, I think 24 points in eight quarters of football. So that's not great. And so 
But I also was impressed with the way that Colorado found a way to attack offensively, or excuse me, defensively, attack Nebraska's offense with their defense where they were slashing, they were cutting. I think they learned something from TCU game where they had no sacks, no tackles for loss. And then they get to this game and they're like, we're small. We need to slant. We need to stunt. We need to blitz. We need to get into the backfield because otherwise, if we just stand up man to man, they're going to push us around. And so they're moving. And I like that. So for me, Norvell, like it's it's fine, and I get it. And again, this is one of those things that I do agree with on Dion. Like folks don't with Dion on is folks don't like it. They don't like the swagger. The swagger has never bothered me. The only issue I ever had was I don't know if he can coach, and I wasn't thrilled that he was skipping the line. Um, but you know what? If he can build a staff like this, and, and and I'll say this full caveat: the reason I was wasn't thrilled he was skipping the line. And by skipping the line, what I mean is the GA and the assistant coach and the, the wide receivers coach or the DB coach and the this coach and the that coach, everything that all my – and this is purely selfish and I can admit it. Everything that all my friends had to do to get to be a chance to be a coordinator or to get to try to be a head coach, he didn't have to do any of that. And I guess, because again, it's because he's Dion. Right. But that's the part that I was frustrated by, so I wasn't sure if it was going to work. But it worked for him, and it's good. Well. And, and he's doing his thing, so – I don't have a problem admitting that I'm wrong about that. You, you listen. You saw the newsletter. I, I don't mind being wrong. Being wrong don't bother me, because the goal is to not stay wrong. The goal is get course correct, and so they're going to win this weekend. And Shadur, I think, belongs in the Heisman list. Here's here's you know what's something crazy. Colorado has two guys that are probably in the top five, top six for the Heisman right now. Shadur and Travis Hunter, unbelievable. It's crazy. We're actually up against it. Mike, so I appreciate okay. it. I know you have uh, limited time today. We'll get back at it with a uh, longer spot next week. Enjoy yep. the football this weekend. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for accommodating. I appreciate it. Looking forward to the long spot next week. You take it easy. From Stadium, from Learfield, does College Sports Now, Michael Felder. The Dion thing is pretty incredible, the way this has unfolded. You and I have a over-under seven-win bet. You're, I think you're going to get the third win pretty easily I love the storylines going in every week. And I, this one I really love. I don't know what Jay Norvell was thinking or saying. Um, it's sort of a weird, misdirected critique. Do we have this bite? Because it was really quick. It was on the Jay Norvell radio show trying to stir up a little bit of angst on both sides. And I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah, and the nerdy crowd in Fort Collins. What do you got? How annoyed are you by this? Super annoyed. Where t- and then I love like just people on Twitter just screenshots of Norvell at press conferences talking to members adult members of the media with a hat on. He always wears a hat. He wasn't I I know. I was like I think every time I've been at uh Mountain West Conference Media Day for football, he wears a hat. It's not a big deal. By the way, Barry Odom has a hat on all the time. I don't take offense to it. Uh, listen, Barry is follically challenged, like myself. I, I'm actually moving more towards just wearing a hat all the time. My hair looks like ass. Man, if only we would have known about this yesterday, maybe he could have said something about the Vanderbilt coach. <laughs> <laughs> wearing a hat. <laughs> right, get it going. <laughs> don't come to my city wearing a hat. There, there, is, there is something culturally going on here, which I want to get into. About wearing hats and then the sunglasses, but it's also the kind of sunglasses he's wearing. And I love what Felder said. My God, if there's a big game, we know Boulder gets cold as hell. If Dion coaches on the sidelines wearing a fur coat, it'll it's like it'll be another one of those things like, 
a college coach is out there with a full-length like mink coaching the game? Why not? Go ahead. 